So Michelle, have you ever met someone that is extremely intelligent, unbelievably book smart, really just incredibly clever, but also just can't seem to get a clue? Exactly, yes. You've been in that situation before? Of course. So smart people not understanding situationally what's going on, why is it happening, and how it's affecting and people evolved. You've met this situation before, correct? I've met that type of person, yeah. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about emotional intelligence and why and needing for fostering empathy is going to be very helpful for inclusion. So that's a little teaser for the day. Today we are going to talk about what is emotional intelligence and what are the five dimensions of emotional intelligence. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how you can build your emotional intelligence and why it's important for diversity and inclusion work. Isn't that right? That's right. That's right. So welcome back to the podcast. This is not a Rowdy only podcast. This is a Michelle and Rowdy podcast. Is that right, Michelle? That is correct. She's right here. Looking forward to it. So really excited. This should be coming out after the Happiness Podcast interview posts, which was really cool. You haven't got to hear that yet. It's mm -hmm. great stuff, though. He's really good at this stuff. So I can't wait to kind of get into this and talk a little bit more about this. This is the one where you know more about this than I do. So there's going to be a little bit more balance just because I'm also really just chatty. <laughs> you are a little bit of a chatty Kathy. <laughs> yeah, I talk a lot. Just a little bit. So the podcast has been pretty strong recently. We've been averaging about 200 downloads a week without any weird outliers, which has been fantastic. Uh, also, we got Tank in here, so he's going to be scratching himself and doing his thing here. And so uh, things are going well in podcast land, and I'm appreciative of that. And I'm appreciative of the fact that I get my partner in here every now and again to help me with this project and process as well. So if you have any feedback from what we've done recently, please l let us know. You can voicemail us or text us. You think people are going to text more? I would hope so. I, I hope think... they do anything. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> text or voicemail. I have one from... Uh, Gerard that we might pay at the end. Ooh. So we'll see what that is. Maybe you can help me make sense of it. Okay. So if you want to call or text us, the phone number is 860-576-9393. Again, that number is 860-576-9393. This is that weekly point where I check with Michelle to see if she knows the phone number by heart. 867573. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, that's bad. It's 860-576-9393. Honestly, that's not that bad of a guess. I mean, some... You were about to say 5309. Like, no. it was getting weird. It's 860-576-9393. Call or text the line. And you can also email me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. I would love to hear your thoughts and or reflections and make this more of a dialogue aside from me and Michelle and Tank. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other podcast server of choice. That rating and review does a lot for us as far as becoming more visible for other folks and does a lot to show proof of our good work to other folks. Also, remember, if you're going to listen to us, subscribe to the podcast on your pod server of choice. Be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, 
Overcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, and Google Play. These are another great way to show potential proof of work to sponsors someday. So we can help out Sarah. It was cool. They got to hear from Sarah again on the Happiness Podcast. Ooh. Yeah, she did the audio bumpers. Cool nice. stuff, right? She's <clears throat> so cool. So checking in on our activism, I did the Chandler Unified School District work, which was really neat. Uh, a great opportunity, and I also got my students to get to listen to that. I also have spent the, spent the past few weekends on Emerging Leaders 1 and 2 retreats back-to-back, -back, which kind of took a bit out of me. I also, I was a Diversity Leadership Alliance facilitator for the DLA Interactive Defamation Play, which was cool, and I really enjoyed that. And my students did relationships, talking about abuse and violence in relationships and how we can stand up for that stuff a little bit more. And then you and me also did something before we went on break. So I'll let you talk about that since you have to check out on your activism too. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, as far as my activism lately, well, as a part of work, we do a large serve and learn day where we send out over 200 students to volunteer at six to eight community partners in the valley so that was a couple weeks ago and usually when that happens i'm in charge of just sending students out cleaning up and getting ready for lunch but this time they needed a driver so i was able to go with some students and do some volunteer work which i really quite enjoy where we went though is we went to maricopa county animal care and control so the maricopa animal shelter and that was a very eye-opening experience we went to the west valley location and as i'm sure listeners know we are pitbull lovers so when i went there and saw that they take care of about 500 dogs most of them being pitbulls that really pulled on my heartstrings and so i'm looking at actually becoming a regular volunteer with maricopa county animal shelter so that's something I will be looking into as far as healing racism, which is what Rowdy was referencing earlier, is that this is a group of individuals where we meet and come up with essentially a dialogue series in which we can have the community come together and talk about race and racism. So we will be planning that and we'll be hosting the event in April. It's gonna be talking about what is free speech, what is hate speech. Very timely. Very timely indeed. And then I also was a part of a presentation at a women's summit in Mesa. I got to work with my mentors, Jackie Stark and Rory Gilbert, and we did a workshop on how to talk about race. Fantastic. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. We've been busy. Yes, we have. So checking in on self-care, that's not been so great. Um, so last week, I didn't lift at all. No lifting. Uh, didn't really do any cardio. Went on some hikes, but I don't really count that as cardio in the same way because I don't breathe in the same way. Flag football started back up, and so today I got in a lot of good cardio. So that was good. Uh, meditated two times this last week. I need to get one more in to finish my week sometime this weekend. So that's good. And outside of that, we really just kind of took a break. We went up to one of our friend's cabins for the weekend. We got a lot of good hiking in. We found out Tank loves bouldering. He's a big bouldering puppy. Loves hopping over boulders. Loves hiking quite a bit. 
so that's been nice, and we've been uh, watching all the Marvel superhero movies, getting reviews for Avengers Infinity War. I don't know if that's self-care, but it's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. And the break was really nice. Uh, and then we're also doing some training with Tank, which helps us learn how to do corrections a little bit better. How about you? How have you been doing your self-care? Ooh, self-care has not been good. I hit that that mid-semester slump. I just, mm, sleeping in in the morning sounds a lot better than going to the gym. Um, sweets sound better than healthy food. So I've kind of gone a little slash a lot off track of those sort of things. But um, with this break over for spring break, I think uh, I'm ready to, you know, get recentered and focused and do better self-care. As far as taking a break too for spring break, it was nice just getting to spend a lot of time with Tank. He's one of my best buds. So getting to go hiking with him because while I understand hiking doesn't do for you um, a whole lot, it does a lot for me. And I think for him too, I really enjoy being outdoors. I would much rather spend most of my time outdoors. Um, But due to work and other community commitments, I often find that I'm taken away from those opportunities. So being able to be outside was a huge deposit in self-care for me. I think the negative ions are good for anybody. And we got some amazing pictures and we got to hike in the rain a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Tank got to see a giant lake, which was funny because he got super pumped about it. So there was definitely some good things came from it. I'm just not counting it as cardio because I don't breathe as hard as I do with the other stuff. So, now we're going to move on to the recommendation for self-growth, to which Michelle's like, jeebs, I haven't thought of anything, but don't worry, I'm going to talk about something that I found that I think has been fantastic. So, right now, I am reading a book, and Michelle got to listen to part of it, too, and it's called The Book of Joy. Couldn't have a better title, could it? The Book of Freaking Joy. Uh, So, it's a series of conversations that was done by Archbishop Desmond Tutu who is part of the Truth and Reconciliation Committee in South Africa that helped end apartheid, as well as the Dalai Lama. So these conversations with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu kind of talk about joy and where does joy come from. So these series of talks were done in the area of northern India, in Dharamsala, India, to celebrate the His Holiness's 80th birthday. And they wanted to create a gift for others. Of course they did, right? Sweetest, wonderfulest people ever. So they look back on their lives to answer a single question. How do we find joy in the face of life's inevitable suffering? It's a good question to try to answer, Mm -hmm. thankfully. They traded stories. uh, They teased each other a lot. They laughed a lot, which is really funny. Um, When you see two people of that stature saying, Stop messing around. You're supposed to be a holy man. (laughs) That's good stuff. And uh, I think uh, when you're around people that are truly joyful, they laugh a lot. And they're somewhat mischievous, which that's good because I have the mischievous streak in me. Sorry for you. But it was good stuff, and I am not quite done with it, but I am learning a lot, and I can't wait to hear and learn a little bit more. Have I killed enough time for you to come up with a recommendation for self-growth? I think so. Good. Yes. I'll go more so with a story in that I think it's really important that we challenge the assumptions we make and push back on those. So I'm a part of a leadership program they just started at work, and they told us at the beginning that they're gonna be appointing coaches for us. So coaches are different from mentors and that mentors help give you guidance for uh, specific 
objectives or goals. So for me, I wanted a faculty mentor because that's what I want to be. When I heard coach, they were like, oh, well, they're just going to give you steps and encouragement to um, accomplish goals, whether personally or professionally. And when I heard that, I was kind of pissed, honestly, because I'm like, what the heck? No, I want to learn how I can become faculty. So I came in with a really salty attitude about it. And I had my first coaching session and I was paired with a woman and her name is Nusheen. And she is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, literally spitting pearls of wisdom every two minutes. What's her full name in case people want to hire Nusheen? I can't remember. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I know she works with Thunderbird consulting but she has just helped me in ways in which i didn't know i needed help now i unfortunately went in with a bad attitude about it but it really was a good lesson for me in that you know sometimes we come in with these ideas that it's going to be a bad experience and or some like someone's going to be a bad person whatever again these assumptions we make that really ultimately hold us back so that was a really good lesson for me because i couldn't imagine not having her guidance now at this point that's great and you're getting that for free well, my work's paying for it. Oh. <laughs> so, well, you're getting that mentoring. You're not personally paying yeah, for that mentoring. I'm not paying for it, but she's been a phenomenal coach. Really helped me uh, shift my mindset about a lot of things. And that's good because I don't have very much success in trying to coach you in any way. I know Vlad <laughs> has when it comes to the gym. <laughs> Vlad is fantastic. It works at the in the North Valley, L.A fitnesses if you need a good trainer i know i miss him um but i'm glad to hear that it's making a big difference for you um and so with that being said let's go ahead and move into the podcast topic of the day and that is emotional intelligence so michelle what the heck is emotional intelligence and uh before we get into the dimensions just the macro overview of what is that idea and how does this thing work So essentially emotional intelligence, uh, it's a psychological theory and it's the ability to perceive your emotions, access and generate emotions to assist your thought, to understand emotions and emotional knowledge and to reflectively regulate emotions so as to promote emotional and intellectual growth. So this really started gaining uh, popularity and momentum in the 1990s because Daniel Goleman came out with a book entitled Emotional Intelligence. And basically in this book, he asserted that emotional intelligence is more important than IQ. Mm. Yes. So in this, he's developed five dimensions of emotional intelligence. So there's self-awareness, self-management, motivation, empathy, and social communication. So I figured we would break down each one, starting with self-awareness. So that moves us on to topic number two. What are the specifics on the five dimensions of emotional intelligence? Yes. Go right ahead. So self-awareness, a lot of, I mean, kind of self-explanatory, but learning and understanding where your emotions are and where they come from. So you're able to recognize and understand your moods um, and what drives you as well as the effect it has on others. So if you have um, a high sense of self-awareness, you have higher self-confidence and you are more realistic with your self-assessment. So self-awareness depends on essentially your ability to monitor your emotional state 
as well as correctly identify that emotion. So say me and you are in an argument. Me being able to distinguish that I am either frustrated, disappointed, surprised, sad, that's incredibly important and being able to navigate that conflict. And it's super hard because I don't know what I'm feeling half the time. <laughs> I usually just experience anger. Uh, and then I have to figure out what, what the heck that is because we've talked about it on the podcast before. Anger is a secondary emotion, so I don't mm-hmm. usually always know what I'm thinking first. But I saw some like mini micro dimensions of this and uh, I thought we can kind of go over that and kind of talk about that a little bit through uh, the lens of me to have people to get a sense of what that is and how it works. Yeah, but also I think you need to give yourself a break because I don't think self-awareness, I think self-awareness is an area in which a lot of people are lacking because I think we have a limited vocabulary as far as feeling words. So that's something to keep in mind as well. I think it's something a lot of people struggle with. Well, I'm not... I'm working on it, so that's why I'm happy. <laughs> so the first one was is, the idea was called like emotional connection. I think connections with your emotions, understanding your emotions, and where that kind of comes from. I have, I mean, I know I have a connection with my emotions. I don't know what that what it is till much later. Uh, the other thing that I saw was self acceptance. So self acceptance, I struggle with. I don't think I'm enough sometimes. I feel like I have to do a lot. I kill myself to do a lot all the time. Um, so that's something that's in the process. Uh, self-esteem. I think my self-esteem is connected with my self-acceptance. Uh, sometimes I have good and great and healthy self-esteems. Sometimes I have one of those uh, a little overly cocky, little braggadocious self-esteems that's trying too hard from time to time. Confidence. I think I've got decent confidence, like for the most part. Uh, self-assessment, that's hard. I don't know exactly where I'm at and what I'm thinking or feeling. If I'm happy, I'm great. I know exactly what's going on. I'm happy. Maybe I don't know why, but I know I'm happy. Mm. Well, see, like, looking at that, I feel a lot of them overlap, or you can't have one without the other. Um, well, that would make sense. Well, because self-esteem, for instance, they're listing self-esteem, confidence, and self-acceptance as three separate things. But in my opinion, I would think that would all go under self-esteem because self-esteem is evaluating your Mm self-worth. So in having high self-worth, that comes with confidence and self-acceptance. So it's just an interesting way of breaking it down. I'm not entirely sure I agree with it seems a bit redundant in some cases. Well, I think they're trying to highlight different things and maybe those different things mean different things to different people. So for me, like I think self-esteem and confidence, like self-esteem is how you really truly see yourself, whereas Mm -hmm. confidence can be like belief in one's capability. Or maybe how it manifests. Versus valuing your capability, Mm -hmm. right? So um, I think that's why they put it in different areas, even though it seems pretty similar. Well, and I think too, touching on it back on the self-assessment, I think that's incredibly important because again, it's being able to um, identify what your emotions are and what you're feeling. I know I had mentioned this to you earlier, but one of the things I was really excited about is in my interpersonal communication class, I have a student in there who is a preschool teacher. So we went over the emotions chapter, and in that chapter we talked about emotional intelligence, being able to identify and articulate your emotions to others. So she started weaving this in to her classroom curriculum with little kids. So I'm talking like two to five year olds and teaching them 
to say I'm sad because of this, I'm angry because of this, and that she's taking intentional time to set aside and teach them these things is not something that we do with kids. So that's been really positive to see and it's just so important and it's something that's taught. It's not something that is inherent. Yeah, I heard conversely the same thing in a podcast about Kate and Colby, a progressive Christian podcast, where they were talking about their kids and how they don't limit them when they're having like a fit. Mm-hmm. Rather, they have them explore their emotions rather than just stop having the fit because the emotions are real to the child, right? So understanding that it's real to the child, I thought was really important and very, very cool to see. So what's the next dimension? So we have self-management. So this is essentially referring to your ability to control or redirect disruptive impulses, moods. Uh, You're able to suspend judgment and to think before acting. So with self-management, you have comfort with ambiguity and hold an openness to change. So you're able to adapt to basically whatever comes your way. Okay. So, and this, it breaks it down again. This is slightly different than what you have, but somewhat similar information. They had assertiveness, discipline, self-control, trustworthiness. I think the ability to like maybe hold secrets, I think, with self-management potentially. Uh, Adaptability, positive thinking, planning, and problem solving. So I think in the self-management area, I do a decent job. I think I manage myself relatively well, aside from the fact that I have uh, sky high aspirations and I'm a time optimist. I think I can get away things, things done a lot faster than normally, but I think I do okay there. Yeah. I mean, I think self management, again, all these dimensions are crucial, but I think this is especially crucial because it's being able to manage your emotions, especially when something unexpected comes up. So, right, whether that's personally, professionally, things are gonna happen in your day that you have no control over and you have to roll with the punches. So what are you gonna do to respond? So you can't control what happens, but you can control your reaction. So those are some things to keep in mind. With yeah, those are things I don't do incredibly well with. I am not good at certain types of changes. I can be situationally, like some for some reason when I'm working, like, I don't know, my work head's good at that, but at home I suck pretty bad at those things. So what's the next one that you have to look at? Next one, so we have motivation. So with motivation, you're driven by internal reasons. You're not motivated by external rewards, which is power, money, things of that nature. You have an inner drive that allows you to pursue goals with enthusiasm, persistence. Uh, You're able to go after a goal regardless of how you're feeling. Yeah, I think, Maybe I confused a little bit of self-management with motivation when I was assessing myself earlier. Um, Because I do have a good amount of drive and initiative. I'm pretty resilient. Life's been kind of hard for me. Not now, but to the point. But I have a decent, you know, my attitude can suck from time to time, I think. Uh, But sometimes it's really good. But I have a good amount of passion, and I do try to dive back in and engage. I am stubborn. Stubborn as heck. When I can get my head stuck in the right direction. That stubbornness helps a lot. How about you? How do you think you are with this? Uh, Motivation, something I would suggest for people listening to this. So Gretchen Rubin Rubin does a really interesting um, assessment on your habits. So are you internally motivated or are you externally motivated? And in doing this assessment, I want to say it's the four habits, how you uh, form habits. I learned that I'm externally 
motivated, which can be problematic. So a good example of this is for me to get up out of bed to go to a hike, I'll sleep in, right? I can, um, I wake up tired, I'm not gonna go. However, if I'm supposed to meet a friend there, you bet I'm gonna get up because I'm not gonna let my friend down. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of being externally motivated. But so this is one that I have a hard time with. Um, an area in which I think I was able to persevere with this was getting my degrees. Yeah. Whether that was bachelor's or master's, you know, there was a lot of times where it was really challenging, um, but I continued to push through. Definitely. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with an extrinsic or intrinsic motivations, but you have to try to find the right types of drivers for each of those personality types, correct? Mm-hmm. Great. So we'll move on to the next dimension, which is... Empathy. So it's your ability to see from others' perspectives. You can treat others according to their emotional reactions, and it's really important to understand there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. So empathy, you're putting yourself in their shoes, whereas with sympathy, you might just can show compassion or pity. Yeah, I think for me, I have a hard time with empathy, not because I'm not willing to feel other people's feelings, it's because I don't understand my own feelings. So if I can't understand my own feelings, I definitely am gonna have a hard time understanding yours, because I just don't spend a lot of time understanding them. How about you? How are you with empathy? Uh, empathy, I think honestly is one of my strengths. I I think I'm a good listener. People tend to want to talk to me. Yeah, they do. And I think it's because I try to see through their perspective. How are they seeing the world? How are, are they in this situation? What might they feel like? Um, and just really focus on them. Yeah. Yeah, in the breakdown of this, they have it considered social awareness, but empathy is definitely listed. It has empathy, social responsibility. I think we both have a pretty high social responsibility. Communication. You're really good at communication. I'm working on it. I can communicate messages, but not feelings. It has rapport. I think we both have pretty good rapport. And the last one is tolerance. I wonder if that means like patience. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think with empathy, this is especially where the tie-in with the diversity inclusion framework of the of the podcast ties in, because that's called a teaser, folks. Because we're gonna get into that in part three, right after we do the last little part. Okay, never mind. And so the last dimension that we're gonna tell you about, as far as this emotional intelligence, is called social communication. So this is referring to your ability to manage and build relationships. You're able to find common ground, build rapport, you can navigate conflict and create a collaborative environment, essentially. Interesting, yeah, so this is listed, has it listed as relationship management, the ability to manage relationships, oh, that's redundant, teamwork, collaboration, conflict management, leadership, influence, and service. How do you feel like you're in this area? Uh, I do think this is an area in which I do okay in. I'm still working. I mean, in all the areas, honestly, I'm still working to improve. Um, but I think it's really important to build community no matter where you are. Definitely. Um, I learned that from my boss, Becky Bradley. She was very good when I came on board as far as making our office um, a family environment. And then also with my classroom, I really try to make it be that we're all co-creators of the curriculum nice. and that we should all care about one another, right? So if you notice someone's feeling down in class or maybe they're not there, 
Of course, I should be reaching out to them, but as a peer, you should be reaching out to them as well. So I think with social communication, it's not just your ability to create that environment, but to also encourage others to create that environment. So influencing them in that way. See, it's interesting because you have it listed as social communication and this thing has it called relationship management. And I think I can manage relationships or do social communication relatively well when I have a good idea where my fences are with the people. The closer my fences are the fact that if I don't have fences, if people have the ability to hurt me, I have a harder time with this stuff because I'm a bit more guarded and scared. Uh, but with other folks where I have um, clear roles and defined expectations, I think that's a lot easier for me to manage. So that takes us into the last part of what we're going to be talking about in the podcast, two parts of that. Well, first off, one is going to be about empathy and why empathy is so important with diversity and inclusion work. Well, something to point out is I think all aspects, so all dimensions of emotional intelligence are important to diversity and inclusion work. But in focusing on empathy, again, it's so if you're wanting to understand a community that's being oppressed or injustices um, happening upon them, it's incredibly important to practice empathy. So if you are, so when you're talking to someone from a historically marginalized, excluded group, right? You need to consider their perspective. So a good example of this is if you're talking to someone from the black African-American community about police brutality, don't be arguing with them and trying to say that their experiences aren't real and that their relationships with police aren't, uh, aren't, you know, it's all in their head. Mm -hmm. That is not empathizing with them. You have to know that they are experiencing something different and also try and understand where they're coming from. So again, walking around in their shoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. Empathy is important because that's that connection to getting people to want to listen to you. Uh, I know when I talked with Dr. Puff, he said you have to really make sure people feel listened to you. So even if you want to talk to someone from the KKK, like if you don't hear them and hear what their concerns or their, their worldview is like, you're not going to be able to speak to them or possibly get them to rethink or reconsider anything because you're not hearing or understanding where they're coming from and why they would feel the way they feel. So Michelle, how can we build our emotional intelligence? So like with anything, you know, it's it's like a muscle. So if you're wanting to get bigger biceps, you go to the gym, right? So if you're wanting to increase your emotional intelligence, you have to practice it. You have to be very intentional. So some of this is just taking the opportunity to stop, pause, reflect. Mm -hmm. So in regards to self-awareness, self-management, I mean, I think journaling is a really good thing to start doing, um, realizing what are your triggers, um, seeing if there's any sort of repetition and that you have certain reactions at, in certain situations, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as motivation, again, I think that is something that's more of internal work. So looking at um, what are you motivated by? Again, I referenced the Gretchen Rubin assessment on the four habits. So check that out and see what it is that drives you. I was going to say too, like with that, the intrinsic and extrinsic motivators is sometimes you got to find the thing that drives you, right? Like, so if you want to work out and you know you're not going to work out for you, then you got to find a buddy. 
because the buddy will be the thing that helps you drive, right? But you got to know if you're intrinsic or extrinsic, which is why that Gretchen Rubin stuff is so important. Mm -hmm. And then with the last two dimensions being empathy and social communication, it's again getting out there and meeting different people, surround, intentionally surrounding yourself with difference. Yeah, with difference. People who don't come from similar backgrounds than you and just coming with the intention of listening and understanding you know what's so funny it seems so stupid but every time people ask me about how can we fix diversity and inclusion problems is i have to just tell people go meet different people and hang out with them and make friends with them and all of a sudden you will find yourself much more inclusive as a person when you're really trying to connect with the other human beings and understand where they're coming from mm-hmm so with this, I found some other things. It was in a Psychology Today article, and it was entitled, How to Increase Your Emotional Intelligence, Six Essentials. So you'll have to tell me what you think about this as the emotional intelligence expert. I don't know about that. Of the two of us, <laughs> you are definitely the expert. Uh, so the first one is the ability to reduce negative emotions. So that is, how do you lower or calm down like focusing on really bad things how do you not just stay stuck in anger how do you move from sadness to acceptance you know how do you kind of like not just dwell in a space but then uh, experience an emotion and then potentially move into another one so uh, we manage them effectively specifically uh, the next one was uh, the ability to stay cool and manage stress uh, meditation sort of I think helping me with that but it hasn't been that great lately so um, I think meditation is the opportunity to pause life a little bit and then look at wonder with what's happening or how you're experiencing something and then the ability to make a calm cool rational decision from that space so uh, I don't think anybody great, makes great decisions from a stressed out space and this hopefully extends that pause before response the other one listed is the ability to be assertive and express difficult emotions when necessary um i know if i could just be like gosh i'm just really afraid i'm gonna let you down right now that would probably diffuse most of our arguments when we have them right because um, i know i have that pressure but you are not giving me that pressure and then we can talk about that feeling and i think that would make a big difference um also the ability to be proactive and not reactive in the face of difficulty or difficult persons i think that's where i was talking about that pause a little bit and the ability to bounce back from adversity um, when you bounce back from adversity you create resilience and resilience is useful anywhere and everywhere in any space you will grow and be but you have to reframe right reframe the experience and see it as a way to grow because in the middle it just sucks uh, when you can be like, well, after I learn how this doesn't suck, I'll be better at these things. Because there's no stress, there's no growth without stress, sadly. And the last one is the ability to express intimate emotions in close personal relationships. I'm so sorry that you're my partner in this experiment uh, for life. But um, what did you think about these suggestions? I think they're great. Again, some of them I think need to be more elaborated on sure. as far as um, what exactly to do because I think they're great general stepping stones, but it's good to be able to really dive in. Um, the one that I think is 
incredibly important. Again, is the ability to stay proactive, not reactive. So if we are being reactive, that's where we can come from places of anger and frustration. But in proactive, I think you have more of a long-term vision as to where you're going in this situation. So my mom always said, um, if you're not gonna be mad about something next week, is it worth getting mad about now? Mm -hmm. So that kind of future-minded thinking uh, has really helped me personally, and I think that's something people should keep in mind. So again, emotional intelligence is something that's really important, and it's gonna be especially important for us as inclusive activists, because the ability to build empathy with those different from ourselves is how we're gonna connect from human to human and really understand each other. That's where we can't just be book smart, right? One of the most popular podcasts to date is still interrupting liberal elitism specifically. Um, and that's where I think people like us maybe get too stuck on our worldview and our understanding and be like, how can you be so stupid to think the way you think? This doesn't do much to help people feel connected or included in different spaces. And so I think um, building our emotional intelligence, however difficult it may be as someone that's not that great at that, stupid masculinity makes me replace my emotions and I have a hard time with things now. But the good news is I can build it and work on it and get better at it. And the other thing that's good um, is you can find people that love and care about you that help, are willing to help make that a little bit better for the rest of us. As someone that has to work with someone that has uh, some struggles with emotional intelligence, are there any tips, hints, or tricks that you can give folks <laughs> to deal with those of us like me that uh, struggle a bit in this area? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready to have that, to answer that question. That, that's a loaded question. It's not um, loaded. It's, it's <laughs> true and people need to know. Um, I would say patience is very key. I think self-care is key. So while you're wanting to make sure the other person's okay, uh, you have to focus to make sure you're okay. Um, you know, it's the whole the what's the oxygen mask and the airplane yep. mm -hmm. um, metaphor and that you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself before you can take care of others yeah great great so in review the major points of this podcast were what is emotional intelligence where does it come from why does it matter uh the second parts were the five dimensions of emotional intelligence which were self-awareness there was motivation <laughs> There was... See, and you were making fun of me earlier because I couldn't remember the phone number. Self-awareness. It's self-awareness, self-management, motivation, empathy, social communication. So those are the, the subheadings and a lot goes under each of those things. And then the last point was uh, that we need to understand this stuff, one, so we can build empathy, but then two, I think it's probably so we can just be better happy people, don't you think, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Better happy people, super important thing. Absolutely. Especially if we're going to try to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to matter much or make much of a difference if we're not happy ourselves. I can agree with that. So, if that made you think of something, if you have a question or a shocking critique, or you want to text me and be like, what? How can you not remember that five things around you? You can do that at 860-576-9393. Again, that number is 860-576-9393. Sarah's gotten to the place where she has to remember that. I think it's just because she has to edit these so often. So that's a place to talk back, ask questions. Maybe I can bring Michelle back on and be like, hey, how do we do uh, the in 
the extrinsic motivation better and she can give you advice on that. But that's a place where we can have a kind of a back and forth or a dialogue about these things and come to better understandings together as an inclusive activist community. Also, remember if you're interested in booking me or booking Michelle to bring the power of inclusive activism to your organization, you can always do so by emailing me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net, by leaving a voicemail at 860-576-9393, or if you want to learn more about me and this organization, you can do so at www.inclusiveactivism.com. And if you want Michelle to have a bio on www.inclusiveactivism.com, text us and let us know. Any final thoughts that you have for everybody else? Not now. All right. Well, y'all have a great day, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you.